Good evening, good evening, good evening. <clears throat> Excuse me. Welcome to Man in the Mirror with Kaya Nichelle. It was a beautiful day out today, and now it is evening in the Baltimore surrounding areas. And for those who are on the other side of the West Coast, it's just getting there um, nor the uh, end of your day as well. So this is Man in the Mirror, as I said, with Kai and Michelle, and we have our special co-hosts, as always, um, Deacon Thomas Farr this evening. Welcome back to the show, Deacon Farr. Praise the Lord, brother. How are you, sister? Good, How are you good. doing? We are doing good. Let me see if Michelle is available. Oh, okay. Michelle is available. <laughs> Michelle is available. Okay, okay. She is available. Because she, she told me she was trying to get her some tea, so I wanted to see how fast it was going to take her to get her some tea. But uh, before we even start off, we are going to congratulate this young lady because she finished school. We're going to start off just like that. She finished, and she's going to be a college graduate come spring. So that is a mm. celebration. To, you, know, you ain't going to better tell her nothing. You know, she's somebody mm. now. You ain't going to better tell mm. us anything. So let's okay. just congratulate her tonight. <laughs> Amen. Congratulations. So Amen. Uh, this evening, this evening we have a topic that I hope that will make everyone think. We will just be discussing worth. Have you ever felt like that you're not worth anything to anyone? Well, when you hear what we're going to be discussing this evening, you'll see things in a different light. If you have any questions or comments, please press the number one on your phone, and you'll be put in our queue. And we will start off with prayer. Dear Grace and Heavenly Father, we just bow down to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for lying down, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for just breath, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us all, those who are on the line tonight, Lord, for just pandemic that's over our whole world, Lord, not just the country, but it's over the whole world. But we know, God, that you are still in control, Lord. Continue to bless each and every home that's here tonight, Lord. Bless our pastors and the regions around us, Lord. Bless our president, Lord. Just help him to be able to make the right decisions, Lord. Bless everything that goes on with it, you know, with the election, Lord. We just pray that all the right decisions will be made, Lord, to honor you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for tonight's episode, Lord, about worth, Lord. Just help us just to say say what thus says the Lord and talk about what the Lord says. And so when people listen, it will give them something to think about. We will never fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's a story in the Bible that I truly love, and that is the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Now you're probably asking, why is that person in, the, in this book viable to me right now? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. I'm going to ask anybody online, how many of us love paying our taxes today, right now? You know, who's happy when they, you know, have to go, you know, pay their taxes, you know, when it's tax season? Some people may be able to get some money. Some people may owe some money. So, you know... Zacchaeus was that person that people really didn't like because he collected the taxes. Um, he's a character in the New Testament. But guess what? He was a short man. And like today, he wasn't you know, loved by anyone because of his profession as being a tax collector. But something happened to him that changed his life forever. So Deacon Farr, I'm going to talk to you right now. You like, you know, you you like paying your taxes. You like when the tax people come knocking on your mailbox or you know coming in your email or ringing your phone. Okay, uh, no, bro, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta be proactive. You don't want the man coming. That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> if the man got to come look for you, you messed up. I just say that. Let me just put that out. Okay. There. Okay, but, uh, good, good. As being a good citizen that I am, I uh, generally <laughs> uh, pay my taxes and submit them on time, and uh, I don't have 
like some of our elected officials, they go four and five years without. Oh, Lord, no, Lord, 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 oh, Lord. Lord. He's going to go sorry. there. He's not, that ain't, he's not that kind of show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. Uh, yes, bro, I pay my taxes. <laughs> How about you, Michelle? You like to um, tax people because you, you know. Sorry, wait. I need to make a disclaimer. The views of those who are on the show are not necessarily the views of those. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, yeah, yeah, we covered, we covered. Amen. <laughs> I was over here like, no, no. Well, you know, that the brother caught me and invited me. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, and then he came to me. He didn't come to me biblically. He came to me, in, but I'm sorry. Let's continue, let's continue on. Oh, Lord. I'm on the same mind as, as Deacon Farr. I, I, you know, we don't, want, we don't want them coming, so you want to be proactive. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just put that out there. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's, I'm going to read the story of Zacchaeus because that has been one that's been on my mind lately. Jesus Amen. entered. This is from Jericho. This is from Jericho. Get it right. This is from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. Short, short little tidbit about this young man. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was chief tax collector and was wealthy. I'll say it again. He was the chief tax collector. You know, he collected all the taxes, and he was in charge. He was over a, a, collect, a group of people that helped collect the taxes, and they said he was wealthy. Uh, verse 3, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. So let's just set it up. You know, Jesus was coming to Jericho. You know, it's like almost like a parade. Everybody, you know, everybody around. And Zacchaeus was a short, shorter stature. He was a short man. So what did um, what did he do? He went and climbed a sycamore tree. Now, that shows determination. That shows that, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't care what's going to happen, but I want to see this man. I don't know how many people would actually climb a tree today, see somebody, but this man climbed a tree. And this is in verse 5. When Jesus reached that the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now, I call this divine intervention, ladies and gentlemen, because Zacchaeus was at a spot where Jesus was going by. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he just wanted to, he just wanted to see him. He, he heard about him. He just wanted to see him. But uh, verse 5 again, when Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and said to him, the kids, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, this is what happens when somebody of importance may come visit us, and other people may say, other people will always have something to say. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is going to be a guest of a sinner. Hmm. He is going to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I will give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Again, from Jesus just taking time, we don't know. It doesn't say, well, he stayed there a few hours, five hours, six hours. But Jesus took a little time, you know, to go to a house of a sinner. But that's what they said. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He is going to be the guest of a sinner. 
They don't know later on in the Bible it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But, you know, that's just them. They, you know, they didn't sin. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I will give my, that's when he, salvation had just reached that man's soul. I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, um, if I remember, somebody had a dramatic change when they, when Jesus was on the cross. And he said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. But he didn't say tomorrow, yesterday, or the next day. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. But right here, Jesus told him, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. And when I when I hear this story is, you know, and I talked to Deacon Farr, like, you know, about 40 minutes, 40, 45, about an hour ago. And because he was a tax collector, people did not think that he was worth anything because he had all this money and was cheating people and taking all their money. But Jesus saw this man who he was, and Jesus always showed love to everyone, regardless of what their stature, regardless if they were rich, regardless if they were poor, because Jesus is love. And, you know, when, you know, what I'm saying is that when someone really shows you love, even because, even for what other people think, that's what I think that changed this man, because he said, I'm coming to see you. He took just a little moment in time and said, you have worth and, you know, I'm coming to see you in your house. Um, any comments, Deacon Farr? Amen, amen. Well, you know, that story tells us, um, like you said, people, uh, we talked about it, or like you said, we talked about it earlier, about de- we devalue people. We devalue center man. We devalue those who don't look like us, believe like us, walk like us. We sometimes we devalue them in our human eyesight. Even people, you know, the criminal, the person that, that does whatever, you know, but we, and somehow we devalue their lives and we put them in boxes, we put them in categories, and they're not worth as much as the, the, the more prestigious or the, those that we honor and respect, you know, and, and that's not what God does. And that was the example there because, like you said, as a tax collector, you know, he was he was basically back well back there that those days he was just basically a rip off artist of people, you know, because he collected <laughs> taxes for the occupier and the oppressor, and, uh, <laughs> and and that's how the Jews saw him, and just like you know people see us they people have known us you know and I when in, in this Christian walk before we were saved people had opinions of us we were in a box we was that guy we was that girl we was that whatever we were, and and we and we were devalued but God didn't see that. And that God, like you said, God died for the, died for the sinner. He died for the lost. He died for the sinner man. He didn't die for the righteous, because all those folk who looked down on those of us who who weren't were apparently didn't they you know they they thought they was okay by who they were, their title, position, rank, whatever. But yeah, it, it, it when we talked about the worth of it's God sees us all worthy, and that's the thing we all, and then that comes back to us as Christian men and women, we have to understand that God values us. And a lot of people struggle with that. And and I think that's some of the things we have to think about. We talk about the value. What value do we put on ourselves? You know, what do we see? How do we see ourselves? Because I think it all starts right there. If we don't believe that God died for us, that he valued us, that he loved us, all the things the Scripture teaches, you know, that it, we don't believe God. And I think that's where it begins. If, if we don't, if we can't believe what God says about us, then we are, then we open ourselves up to whatever what we think everybody else thinks about us, and then we get our self esteem is is and our self worth is real low because we listen to what people say and say about us, and you know if you could, I mean, you know, some folks struggle because family members, you know, we sometimes family members talk about you like a dog because 
because of what you did and who you was and what you what kind of kid you was and all these other things. But um, I think that's where we have to understand that we are worth something to God in an overall big picture, that God loves us and Jesus loves us because he died for us. What do you say, brother? Amen. Well, I just looked up the word worth. Um, as an adjective, it says the equivalent and value of a sum of items specified value. And that's where you came when we talked earlier. You said they devalue someone. Or as a noun, the value equivalent to that of someone or something under consideration, the level at which someone or something deserves to be valued or rated. And um, I just have a personal story um, that I was at a job. And that job, and, I, you know, me and my buddy talk about it, you know, some jobs don't value or they don't show worth in the employees or people that work for them. You know, they, you know, they don't teach them, they don't treat them that they are worth, they worth something or they have value. And so sometimes when you're, you're at a job, when you're treated that way, you can feel it, you feel it. Because, you know, you just feel like, well, this is, I'm just here to work and that's it. But sometimes we need to value people that work for us, that work with us, and know that, look, you know what, we are worth, we all have value. When we start to devalue people, and that's going to be the key word tonight, when we start to devalue people, we are basically saying that, well, I'm better than you. Or, you know, because I'm, uh, you know, I'm the owner of a company, so, you know, I can do what I want. And there are jobs that do that. You know, I do what I want because, heck, I'm the owner of the company. But um, the chief tax collector said that once he felt that love that Jesus showed him, he said, I'm going to give back. Now, I know they people would do that today. I'm deacon the shell. I don't know. You know, I'm gonna give back half of what I, you know, half of what I have to people, and I'm gonna give back four times of what I've taken. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Michelle? Well, you know, while we were talking about this, I was just thinking about, you know, this this scripture in First uh, Corinthians nine that talks about, you know, how Jesus is all things. So he made himself all things to all people mm-hmm. so that he could win them. And so we have to have that same mindset. If we have that mindset, there's no way I can be above you if I make myself like you in order to bring you closer to Christ because that is the only way that we really do win people. When we show empathy and understanding and, you know, show that we we love them just like Christ loves, loves all of us, then that is when people are really able to receive Christ from you. But if, you, if you're judgmental, if you're, um, you know, looking down on people, if you have this attitude, there's no way you're going to draw anyone to you, which is to Christ, because we're the representation of Christ here on earth. He sent us out to perform this work of reconciliation. And so if we cannot do it the the way that he did it, he showed us the example, right? So if we can't do it in that way, then how are we really representing him? How am I showing that Christ in me if I'm not able to do what he did and make myself like you, we're all on the same level to be able to draw you to Christ. And so I think that's what what we need to concentrate on, making sure that we never, you know, come to people with that kind of haughty attitude or, you know. That's why I always just, um, it, it just, I, I feel it in my soul when I hear someone be judgmental because, it's like they are elevating themselves, and that's definitely not what Christ called us to be. Christ will elevate you in all sorts of ways, but if it's him, we're not supposed to elevate ourselves. And so he'll make you stand out when he needs you to stand out, 
But other than that, we're no better than anybody. We're we're no greater. You know, we're we're no less of a sinner. You know, nothing. And so we just really, man, we need to keep that in mind because, uh, you know, some people just have it all wrong. What do you mean when you say they have it all wrong? Uh, and it's interesting you said no less of a sinner. Explain. Because all sin is sin. Sin is sin. And so just like that scripture you quoted a minute ago, we've all sinned and fallen short, right? So we can't have it twisted that we think that we're so much better or greater or less sinful than someone else. Once you start that, that you know, you fall into that thing where pride that goes before fall, right? That's where you end up if you're doing that because the, you start thinking you're so great. And so we definitely cannot have that attitude. And, it, you know, people make jokes, Christians who are, or men and women of God who walk around, you know, with the, the beautiful hats on and the, and the shiny suits and, and, and the nice cars and, you know, doing whatever. And then if someone, you know, comes to you broken, homeless person, something like that, you know, you want them to get away from you as opposed to the very thing Christ would have did, which is draw them to him. But. Exactly. You know, Christ drew people to him. He, you know, who knew that when he entered Jericho and was on that road and there was a sycamore tree that was destined, you know, divine intervention, as we always say, that was divine for that sycamore tree to be right there in the path in the way that Zacchaeus would climb that sycamore tree because he was there. And be up there because he he was curious, and you know when we're curious, sometimes that's when, and I think sometimes when we are curious, that's when Christ can can get us because we're curious. And he was curious, You're like who is this Jesus? Jesus, I, I heard about him, but now I get a chance to see him. And Jesus stopped at that moment. He stopped at that moment. He just stopped, looked up. And I, I can just imagine the faces on the people because they, they heard, they, mom, they murmured, murmured, and they're like, why are you going to the house of a sinner? Because at that moment, they started to devalue, which means reduce or underestimate the worth or importance of. You know, you know when, you redu- when people start to reduce or underestimate your worth or importance of you, that's when Jesus said, I died for him. I died for her. You know, I washed away. When we ask Jesus into our heart and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, First John 1, 9, when we ask forgiveness of our sins, you know, he washes our sins as far as the east and, and the west because he values us. He, we're like a gem to him that's worth more than anything in the whole entire universe. That's the kind of worth. It's like a parent who just loves their children. Their children are valuable to them. They have worth to them. They, you know, they love them to the end of their ages. That's how God loves us. And when we start to devalue people or reduce them to, you know, reduce them to where they don't think, we got to be careful. As people, we got to be careful when we do that because then we're judging and the Bible says, judge not, lest thou be judged. When we start to judge, when we start to devalue, then, you know, you know, we got to be careful because then God is going to judge us because he's the only one that can judge. But when we start to, you know, sometimes you can actually hurt a person or almost drive a person when, they, when their self-esteem is so low, when they feel so you know, that they don't have any value on their worth. We have to be careful because sometimes when life is that, you know, hard on some people, we can drive them almost to suicide 
because we're putting them in a, we're taking something away from them that God gave them, which we shouldn't be able to do. We shouldn't do. I'll say it again, we shouldn't do. Because every single person that listens to this, every single person that breathes, every single baby, you know, child, teenager, adult has worth. You know, if God, if Jesus can stop and talk to a tax collector who wasn't even thinking that was going to happen to him, then that shows the kind of love that our Father in Heaven has for everybody. What are your thoughts, Deacon Farr? You know, I, you know, I agree, and I think what um, the sister was saying also about you know we have to be we have to be humble about ourselves and have show humility. You know, and and and, and there's other examples in Scripture. We did the uh, Scripture with the Good Samaritan. It's a Scripture with the uh, woman caught in adultery, because these are all people in those in in those passages. It also it's about being devaluing the human being, and that's where I think we don't say that a lot because that's not something in our vocabulary. But this is what God has created us, that each of us has a value and a purpose. And when we, like you said, with the things we say to people, we discourage them, but we call to encourage them. And, and, and that's what we have to, but that has to come from inside. Because our flesh, you know, how we think in our carnal mind, it's not a, it's not, may not, may or may not be a natural uh, emotion, natural state for us, but in Christ, it should be. It should be shown. It should be showing love to the individual, to the unsaved and the saved. But especially, you know, I just wanted to bring this back to you know the church folk. How we treat one another is is is, is very important. How we treat folk is in the congregations that come through the church door that we minister to and reach out to, and we have to be able to show them value because a lot of people bring a lot of baggage and issues and and things into the body of Christ. And they need to hear that God loves them and that we love them with the love of God and that we encourage and, and lift people up. Because, like, you know, you mentioned it also with, with you know, we push people into, you know, into into suicide, into mental, you know, all kinds of things can run through people's heads when they don't feel they're valued by the peers or the people around them. And I think that's that's a very important thing that we just have to, you know, take time out because, you know, again, this is what Scripture teaches us, and as a Christians, we have to learn to to keep the, the to understand that you know each of us has a value to God, and that we have to remember to lift people up and just carry them. Sometimes, and I, I I don't know. I, I guess I guess that answers what you were saying because this is one of the things that we we have to really have to consider. You know that people need to be uh, affirmed. That's the word I've been searching here in the back of my head. Have to be firm. In God, and they do that through us showing the love, like Sister um, Michelle was saying. They they see some people just have to are going to see God through us, through you and I, and, and all of the body of Christ. They're going to see God. They have to be able to see God through us. God is going to use wants to use us so that people can see that there is hope and that they are valued. What do you say, sir? Well, you're right, and, you know, I like the way you said it. We're going to talk about a couple of those stories that you mentioned because one of them is another one of my favorite ones, um, the woman court in adultery. But we're going to take our break. Um, we have a note from a few of our supporters, Music and Structural Learners, Inc., where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 833-643-2563 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.mefowlinc.org. Um, and Mefow Inc. has launched a new program, Mefow Arts Academy, started in September. If you love the arts, photography, dance, culinary arts, and our classes are all online, go to www.mefowlaa.org and um, sign up there and check it out. Mefow Arts Academy is live right now. Okay, we're going to hear a, you know, we're going to take a break and hear a song. 
And just know that we all have worth. You're back live with Man in the Mirror with your host, host and co-host, Ty Montgomery, Deacon Thomas Farr, and Michelle 
Johnson, we are here as a collective, and we are discussing your worth. And that song just tells it all. It says, he thought we were worth that he did it all. He thought we were worth that he did it all. And Deacon Farr mentioned a, one of my favorite um, Bible, another one of my favorite Bible scriptures, when he mentioned, he talked about the woman caught in adultery. Um, and I'm actually going to read that. And it says, uh, this is found in John 8, uh, starting at verse uh, 2. At dawn, he appeared again, again at the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group, said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery, and the law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The oldest one first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked a woman, where are they? Has no one, no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said, and neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life, and leave your life of sin. Wow. Now, we've heard that, and I'm going to tell you with some, uh, you know, we've heard many versions of that, um, um, Deacon Farr, but I heard one version um, and made everybody in the congregation laugh. One of the preachers was talking about this, and he said Jesus was probably writing the names of the ones that she slept with. I'm just going to keep it real. And... And one by one, they kind of, they, they, I, I can just imagine having a stone in your hand. Jesus was showing her love, and he knew they were trying to trap him. So I can imagine you got this stone in your hand. All of a sudden, you see a name, and it's almost like, oh, okay, all right. And one by one from the eldest, meaning the oldest one, one by one, they dropped this stone. They were ready. They were ready just because that was the law. The law of Moses. That is the law. You know what, Jesus? We got to stone her because she was caught in adultery. But another person said, well, where was the man at? Because it takes two to tangle. And last I heard, it takes two to tangle. So where was the, if she was caught in adultery, where was the man? You know, you just bought the woman, but you ain't bring the man. You know, let's just keep it real. It takes two to tangle, but you, 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 they were just ready to stone her. I, I love G. He just swabbed. He just sat down. He ain't say a word. He, he barely said anything. They were just going on and on and on, and he just said a few words. And they just one at a time dropped their stones and walked away. And Jesus, he said, where are your accusers? She said, there are none. And he says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. What do you think about that, Deacon Farr? <laughs> well, bro, you know, I've heard that too, and I've heard that, that, uh, that uh, what do you want to call it, expository teaching on that, and, you know, but, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's, it, it, you know, when I see it, when we talk about worth and value, how about he knew the sins of all those that were accusing her of that sin? So that somehow that sin was worse than all the other sins that was written in the law of Moses. You know what I'm saying? So we can look at someone else's sin and say, oh, that sin's worse than what I've been doing. You know, we devalued them because of their particular sin. 
because of their particular struggle, because their particular failure, we devalue them. But now we don't see our stuff because that, my sin ain't as bad as your sin. Or the things I've done don't mean nothing because you've done. Well, look what you have done. Look what she has done compared to, you know, and, you know, Jesus could have been because we've all sinned. You go back to your scripture. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So he could have just started writing down the sins of the crowd. And when their sin popped up, they dropped their stone because the Lord Moses said, <laughs> you could die for that too. I'm just saying. You know, a lot to it. And then, and then <laughs> adultery, you know, adultery, I mean, maybe, you know, because adultery is, remember now, adultery is uh, sex outside of marriage. If she was hanging with a single brother, one of them single brothers hooked up, he's not guilty of adultery. He's guilty of fornication. So that's a whole other sin. Again, adultery, he don't want to stone her, but the fornication of the brother, it, that ain't as bad. You know, he's a guy. It's cool. But the fornication is all right. But adultery, because she cheated on her husband, they ready to stone her because they're afraid if they don't stone her, then their wife going to step out on them. How about that? But I digress. What about worth and value? And how sometimes we, uh, you know, we, we we put greater value when it comes to sins. Some sins are more worse than other sins. I'm sorry. Worse is a word. I think that may not. That's a word in English. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but again, it's putting value. It's putting value on she's done worse than this. And, you know, was her sin worse than Zacchaeus' sin? I mean, was it, you know, you know so it's about, you know, it's about value. And how we perceive people and how we treat people, and we're, we're our perspective of how we value things. Because when we look around today, people are putting a lot of value on a lot of things of people, but no one wants to talk about what, who, who, and what I have done. But we want to hold people to a higher standard because of we quote unquote their we 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 put people on pedestals. So when they fall short, now the things they're doing is so much worse. But of then other people and what we do in our normal regular day. But we want to hold them accountable and call them out on it because we put them on the pedestal, you know, and them, you know what I mean? I, I know I'm saying I may be rambling, so let me go back to you, brother. So, Sister Nichelle, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's back to that judgment because uh, somehow we – we always, you know, you know what the mama used to say back in the day. You know, we walking around like our stuff don't stink. So that that's that's what goes on, and and somehow even though we are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, we somehow expect other people to be. They better do everything right, even though I didn't. And I don't, I, I mean, that, that kind of attitude is baffling to me. I, I don't know how people walk around with that on their mind, that other people need to do everything right, knowing that they do not. Or some people have literally fooled themselves into thinking they are doing everything right. So, um, you know, we just have to be careful of that trap, because that is a trap for us to go into um, and pay attention because, you know, just by the word of God, we know that we're not perfect and we don't hit every mark. The word tells us we're not going to hit every mark just because we're not Christ. We're supposed to be Christ-like, but we are not Christ. He was the only perfect man that walked this earth. God sees us in his light and what, you know, what we can be. But we know that we fall, and we have to get back up several times. And so we we just really need to keep that in mind. That, I mean, yeah, that that's that's just so interesting to me how how people adopt that sort of attitude. Amen, amen, amen. I I loved it, and I I love that synopsis of what um, um, Deacon Farr was saying. You know, he was. Everybody has a different synopsis of how they say, you know, he said they were writing the sins down that they did. He like, oh, okay. You know, because everybody on a daily basis does something that they shouldn't be doing daily. 
we all we all have to confess something, you know, because life is you know, even if you just driving down the street today and someone cuts you off and you done thought or said something you know you shouldn't have thought or said, but it came and went. It's the same exact thing. And you know, for them for that group to, you know, bring her there and well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful story to me because God said, you know, bow. Jesus said, if you don't have any sin, throw the first stone. And I'm looking at something online that says, you know, by his silence, he invites everyone to self-reflection. He was silent. He said, Jesus did not initially respond to their questions, but remained silent. Why? By his silence, he invites everyone to self-reflection. On the one hand, he invites the woman to acknowledge the wrong committed. On the other, he invites her accusers not to shrink from an examination of conscience. Let him who is without sin, as Deacon Farah said, among you be the first to throw a stone at her. You know, let's examine, you know, do you have conscience? You know, are you thinking? You know, what is going on in your mind? Because God, you know, he died for, he died even for them. He, you know, you know, he died for everybody. So when Jesus died, he died for, for him. Another one says, while he, would, while he is silent, Jesus also writes on the ground. What can we learn from this? While his accusers are instantly Interrogating him, Jesus bends down and starts writing with his finger on the ground. Someone notes that this gesture portrays Christ as the divine legislator. In fact, God wrote the law with the finger on the tablets of stone. So it's just different synopsis about what's going on. But again, he showed love. He said she had worth. She was worth something to him. She, she had value. They were devaluing her. But Jesus was telling them up in their face, she has value to me. You may be trying to devalue her, but she has value to me. And, you know, as we move on in this world today, we have, we see these things every day. People are talking about people. People are accusing people. You know, people are, you know, you know always finding wrong in other people. And that's one of my pet peeves. I look, well, okay, like my wife said, your stuff don't, you trying to tell me your stuff don't stink? Excuse my French. You know, just want to keep it real. You Have you ever, has anyone online, anyone anywhere has always, have always done everything right? If you have done everything right, please raise your hand or call in and tell me, you know, that you've done everything right from the time you were born. No, 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 no calls. Okay. Now I just, you know, I just want to, you know, put that out there. As I said before, all have sinned, fall short. We fall short every day. That's why he said his mercies are new every morning. Every morning we have to repent. Every evening we have to repent. You know, even if we try just to sit still and not, you know, say anything to anybody, we're thinking it. Because it just sometimes it just takes a, a moment for someone just to come to us, and then you know we're we're on another whole plane. You know, what are your thoughts, Dinkin Far? Amen. You know, you, you're absolutely correct. That's why we have to be mindful. You have to be great. We just have to be mindful on it. You know, because again, our thought life. You know, we talk about that a lot uh, as uh, when I do men's ministry. It's, it's our thought life. You know, and every one of us. You know, like you said, the sin is there. The, the sin of the, it, it's there because of our flesh. Even it bring back to remember something we've done in our past, and we're reflecting off it. We're glorifying the memory of something, or like you said, somebody could do something to us. Something or something. And sometimes it's even not even real. It could be things we see in the media, and it sets us off. You know, social media, the news, or whatever. And and our mind goes to, you know, it goes to hatred, it goes to anger, it goes to all those sins that we, we do that, that are in our minds and, and it comes and it raises up to the surface. 
And that's, again, that's not what God calls us as Christians to be. You know, it, it's it's to deal with it, to know that God is, is, is in control and sovereign over all these things and not let our emotions get into it because our emotions will take us down a path where we will, we will sit in sins of the heart. That's what I was, I'm looking for, the word. It's the sins of the heart, and that's what we have to repent about because we go there in a split second, in a, in a split moment. If, if someone says something or does something to us wrong, our natural person will rise up, and then we got to say, oh, we'll, we'll stop. Take a minute, stop. And some people can't stop because the next thing, words come out their mouth, and then, you know, two minutes later they're all repentant, but they already blasted somebody and sprayed them with a whole bunch of, you know, things, and we cause hurt, we cause, uh, we cause frustration, anger, and others. So we have to, we definitely have to be mindful and understand that we, we can fall short at any moment, at any time. What do you say, sir? You're right. That 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 natural man come out like, whoa, okay. Some, Sometimes, how many of us have been driving and someone cut us off and we just want to speed up? <laughs> I, I know that's, that's, that's just me. We that's just want to speed up. <laughs> we just want to speed up, but we just stop our car trying to cause an accident. We just doing stuff that we know that if we do it, will cause the accident. We're not thinking about that at that moment. Uh, we're saying he or she cut us off, and we just want to do something. You know, you know, these are, you know, that just that just tells us that we can get caught up at any yeah. moment or any time. Now, like what you said, you said the natural man. That's not the spiritual man at work. That's the natural that's right. man. That's the flesh, as we talked talked about in our church. That's the flesh. That's the flesh that's reenacting, like, oh, oh, you're going to cut me off? Oh, okay. Or how many of us ever, you know, knew we was going to get that parking spot? You knew you was going to get that park. You had your blinkers oh, on, oh. and you about to get, <laughs> you're about to get that parking spot, <laughs> and then someone just pulls in, not even, right, not even a trying to be car And drive better than you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They got smaller cars, so they just zip right in there, and you're like, mm. <laughs> what do you say, Michelle? What do you say, Michelle? <laughs> it sounds like these are some personal struggles going on here. Testimony. Mm, Testimony is such a freak. You know, I had to, to battle the road rage. I had to <laughs> <before> that. <laughs> no, so, really? the Lord is working on. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know, it, this just reminds me of um, of the words. You know, we were talking about the, that struggle, that warring that goes on in us, and so. You know, we we are in this struggle between our flesh and the spirit, our spirit man, and uh, and, and we we need to take inventory of who's winning and who's losing, right? <laughs> because uh, if if my record, the, the flesh against the spirit, is, is ten to zero, that's not too great, and so. Um, you know, that's something we need to consider is how often is our flesh winning over over our spirit man. And if it's way too often, then that's some things that we, we need to go into prayer about that we need to get more in the word and we need to start asking God for help because, you know, those nat- natural in- inclinations that we have is all flesh for the most part. We don't, you know, it's very often that our first thought is spiritual, but we need to train. That's that's something that you have to train yourself to do. You, you can't, you have to work that spiritual muscle so that it's the first thing that, you know, comes to mind as opposed to running somebody off the road <laughs> for, for, for cutting you off in traffic. And so... You know, we just we just have to pay attention to that, and, and and sometimes take inventory of that because I've had to do it, and so I I suggest everybody do it. 
to make sure that the spirit is not losing too often. Amen, amen, amen. I I really enjoyed this conversation tonight because it was something that was on my spirit for a long, on my heart, on my spirit. Because you know, worth, self worth, you know, value is something that we as a people have to start showing other people. Uh, you know, I I I, I really enjoyed tonight's discussion. I enjoyed Deacon Far. I'm gonna let him. Um, we have about four minutes left. I'm going to let him give us some closing remarks. You know, everyone gets a chance to do some closing remarks. I don't know if that's a good or, good or bad thing, but I'm going to let him have some closing remarks. You know, tell him where people can contact him at and tell us about Issues Christian Men Speak, Issues Christian Men Talk. Tell, tell us. Give us the 411. Oh, the 411. Issues Christian Men Talk. We are – we are uh... – <laughs> I do. We do our show on Monday nights at 8 p.m., Thursday nights on 8 p.m., and Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. You can go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Deacon Thomas Farr, and you can uh, connect with us there. You can uh, see archive of our past shows. We've, we're going on. Um, we're going on six years. A lot of topics. A lot of uh, discussions there. A lot of words of encouragement for the brothers out there, for husbands, fathers, and sons. And just encourage the brothers in this Christian walk so that we, we can uh, to, to encourage them to be leaders in their homes, in the community, and in the church. And, you know, again, we just bring a biblical principle. We want to encourage brothers in application, encourage brothers to be the leaders in their homes, to love their wives, to, to disciple their children, and also be, you know, be that, that those standard bearers in the ministries, in the local ministry, in the body of Christ, to just be able to man up. And, uh, again, we do that uh, Mondays at 8, Thursdays at 8, and on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Uh, but I do appreciate you, man, inviting me to come on, and, and hopefully some words that were shared today would encourage someone to get someone to think, to get someone to to, to look at the word and apply the word, because that's, what, that's what's going to make a difference in our lives, is the word of God, the Holy Spirit within us, and then submitting to it and be, and be just not hearers but be doers. And, again, thank you. And Sister Michelle, thank you, and, and God bless y'all. Amen. Michelle, any closing remarks? Well, I just thank God for uh, everything that, that went forth today. Always want to encourage our listeners to, you know, take some of the things that you heard today, definitely, um, you know, take anything <laughs> advice or Whatever that was given today, just to take some time and think about it, uh, we, we do need to make sure that we we never are standing in a place of judgment and that we're never looking down or belittling, you know, anyone, and that we can empathize and show the love of Christ to every brother and sister, which means every last person um, on this earth, no matter what their station in life, their situation whatever they're going through, whatever sin they might find themselves in. Uh, we are all sinners and we all fall short, so we have that in common to bond on and talk about the love of Christ. Amen, amen. And I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening and will be listening. We are available on uh, Spotify and on iTunes Connect. You know, on iTunes, you can listen to us on iTunes in the podcast uh, section. So we are there on Spotify, Man in the Mirror, iTunes, Man in the Mirror, Speaker, uh, Man in the Mirror. So we are there in three special places. I, you know, I've been checking out, you know, everything out, and people have been listening. And we thank you guys who have been meeting us there and um, listening to us on, you know, you can't get away from us. We are always there. But, again, thank you for all who have been listening. And I love the discussion this night. Uh, We want you to know that the same, that you guys have the same self-worth that Jesus gave the kids, he also has given to you. If you have any questions on tonight's episode, please place them in our events page. Again, this is Kaya Nichelle. And as always, we'll see you at the mirror.